This is MuggleCast, your Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts podcast covering everything about J.K. Rowling's magical world. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 284, I Know What You're Saying. We just did an episode a couple days ago, but as luck would have it, I really don't know what our, what, I guess you could say we're cursed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As we were recording, we found out the big news about the cursed child, the new and first Harry Potter stage play. As we learned about 40 minutes into our last episode, this is a the quote-unquote eighth story so of course everybody lost their minds and we while recording the last episode didn't have enough time to process this i mean this is huge news so we decided to record another episode eric and micah are here this week and i'm also happy to say laura is here this week hello laura hi guys how are you good to have you back it's great to be back and I know you're excited as well. So I am. I guess here's the latest. We'll start with the latest news, and we'll pray that no more cursed child news breaks as we're recording. recording. Yeah. So tickets went on sale in a pre-sale this morning, uh, October 28th. I don't know about you guys, but I was up at 4 a.m. Pacific time, <laughs> and ticket sales went very well. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, as we dige- digested in the middle of last week's episode, we have found out that this is an eighth story. That's the way they're marketing it. Following Harry and his son, Albus Severus. And this is big news because they are explicitly. Just Al, Andrew. Just Al. I'm very sorry, Micah. Um, we are being told <laughs> this is a sequel to Deathly Hollows and Harry's going to be overworked at the Ministry of Magic. And Al is going to be struggling with um, his father's fame, as well as, I guess, going to Hogwarts. It's set 19 years later when he's going to school. So now that we've had more time to think about this, what, 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 how are you guys feeling about this whole idea? I'm really excited. Yeah. What excites you most? Well, I mean, I don't know. This is just something that has been such a big part of my life for so long that being able to get another story from J.K. Rowling is just absolutely thrilling. I can't wait. Yeah. It's really surreal, isn't it? <laughs> it, it does feel that way. When when we were recording last week, I was just sitting in awe. I never thought I would see the words, the eighth story, in an official capacity. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was done. I thought Harry's story was done. Eric, you um, sound a little disenchanted. Oh, you called me out. Magic's <laughs> not there. Are you? No, guys, I didn't get Magic tickets. Magic is Oh, that's get, why. That's why you're that's feeling. That's why I didn't. Oh, I'm I was sorry. like forty thousand in line, and <laughs> I didn't Stop have up. a high lot of confidence. <laughs> and the scalpers really discourage, like, or dishearten me. So that's why I'm disheartened. But, um. I don't know, guys. This is going to be an interesting occurrence. I feel like on the last MuggleCast, we scratched the surface of things to talk about. Andrew asked 
Is it fair? You know, is it sort of exclusive? Does it exclude a big part of the fandom mm-hmm. by being the theater? Yeah, um, so th- this is what I-, I wrote about this on Hypeable last week, and um, I was c- uh, accused at least by one person of pandering, but I, I genuinely <laughs> am concerned. Was it because you wrote a letter? It was an open letter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People didn't like that I shared my opinion. Um, no, I, I, what I'm concerned about is that this is like I keep saying, being marketed as an eighth story. It's the tagline. So I think there's an expectation there that if you are giving us, dear Queen Rowling, if you are giving us the eighth story, I think this needs to be accessible to all. England, or more specifically London, is only easily accessible, affordably accessible, to 1% of the world population. The rest of us have to not only buy tickets to two parts of a play, but we also have to fly over there. And for somebody like me who's coming from LA, that's an a thousand, that's a $1,000 ticket. Yeah. So the question is, and people have been saying, well, Andrew, both plays, they are released in some fashion in, let's say, a book printed, like the script will be printed in the book, in a book, or, um, it'll be filmed. The play will be filmed. It won't be adapted like, you know, a Harry Potter movie was from a book, but it'll, it'll be, it'll just be shot on stage. I think these are great ideas, but the question is, how long do we have to wait? Because Harry Potter fans are diehard fans and we cannot, <laughs> this is gonna, I know this sounds greedy, but we cannot wait two, three years from now to find out what happens in the eighth story in a book or a play. So naturally, no. naturally we are going to go on Tumblr and read someone's crappy recap. I, I was going to say, happens. I don't think it'll take more than a day and a half for us to figure out what happens. Well, exactly. Show. But is that how we should be consuming the story for the first uh, time? No. Oh, yeah, maybe not. Well, I um, don't think I'm that's going to happen. Don't think what's going to happen. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen that way. I don't think that we're going to have to find, I mean, I guess if you want to find out about it through crappy Tumblr recaps, you can, but I have a feeling, knowing J.K. Rowling and knowing the fact that she knows this fandom so well, she's not going to leave us empty-handed. I'd be very surprised. I mean, just an official like West End review would would probably do wonders to explain what what happens and what's going on. And I'm sure they'll try and leave some things up to the people who can see it. But I mean, right now, aren't haven't tickets been sold through the beginning of 2017? Yeah. So, and this is just the pre-sale. So yeah. if, if you planned ahead, you could make an account on, uh, through this ticketing website and, uh, you could get access to tickets this morning. It was 11 a.m. London time, 7 a.m. East. And I was one of the people and it, it was pretty streamlined. They gave you a custom email. You click on your custom link and they put you in the queue and everybody got the email before the on sale time. So you knew how long you'd be waiting. Um, now there were a lot of people. When I jumped in, I was I was I was like fourteen thousandth in the queue, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not going to see this." <laughs> uh, but luckily, some other hypeable people were doing it as well, and they got tickets. Um, so you know, we all kind of ganged up to make sure we we got tickets for each other. And then I waited long enough, and then and then I ended up helping one of my friends get tickets as well. Um, so when are you going? What is your date? I'm going June 7th and 9th, baby. The first two shows, parts one and two. 
How do you manage that? How do you swing the first two shows? I was concerned as well, but evidently, I mean, you know, people got to travel far, so they can't just pick any day. But oh, yeah, 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 me, yeah. I don't have any plans in next June, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Eric, what I don't, what happened to you exactly? So I found out about it too late. Was the the thing? I guess I wasn't up on my my cursed child news. Um, mm. is all. So I I said I was forty thousand in line. Actually, that's that's not true. I I didn't get in the line. <laughs> Um, it was, yeah, it was kind of a surprise to me, but I immediately said, oh, I shouldn't, um, to myself. I went to London this year and that cost me an arm and a leg and I can't, I just can't do another, another trip. Plus I was saving up for 2017, right? September 1st, 2017 is the 19 years later day, King's Cross station. I had all these trips planned and Cursed Child, which came out and hit us in the face like early this week with all of these details it was just not one of my plans. And yeah. so I want to be really receptive and really fair about the whole situation. But I think I decided early on, maybe even during the last recording, that I wasn't going to go and see this. And it's possible that, you know, due to the re- uh, resounding success uh, that it is bound to have, that it'll come to New York. Yes. Maybe it'll be accessible. But then a part of me was thinking, you know, even if that doesn't happen, we've had a good run seeing jk rowling seeing harry potter events like so you're saying you've, uh, you've done a Carnegie lot hall so and upset. harry carry garp like all these events yeah. that i've been to before have made me really happy you know maybe it's i'm not gonna say passing a torch because i'm still very much interested in being a part of this fandom but if i never got tickets to see it then i would feel happy for those who did still and that's kind of my initial thoughts on the whole thing just well to, i probably uh, won't see it Right. No. But I don't know. I don't London. have money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm still excited. Yeah, I, I mean this ties into what Andrew said earlier though and but uh, it's uh, I guess I'm countering it in a way and and that is you you look at that being specifically in London really only accessible to a specific part of the population but the same 100%. could be said for the studio tour, the same could be said for the theme parks. Mm. So uh, here's the difference though. This is a new story. This is the eighth story. So I don't, I don't think you can argue that same point. Well, I, 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 I would say my, I would say I've sided partially with Micah just because, I mean, what did people even in say the middle of America, like what did people in North Dakota do when at, at the, at the move for like the movie premieres of the theme parks? Like, you know, there's still some people isolated. It's a big country. It's a big world. And even though the studio tour, for instance, which Micah, just mentioned has been to now maybe 10 or 14 cities. I think they keep going back to some, uh, you know, there's still people who missed out on a really unique experience that was official an official experience. Granted, it wasn't a new story. You're completely right, Andrew, but you know, I, I just, I wonder if there aren't just tons of people out there, uh, who have never been to these events that can now go to this one. And and I do think people are going to be able to experience this all in some way. I can't imagine that with a lot of this news coming through Pottermore, that that is not going to be a vehicle that J.K. Rowling and, and possibly those that are producing the play use, not only to market it, but to possibly release scenes, to release scripts, to do other things, because remember, they've gone through an entire transformation. They're not what we knew a couple of years ago. So perhaps this is going to be part of, of, you know, their redesign and their relaunch, you know, heading into the next couple of years. I, I just, I wouldn't go to London 
with intent of seeing this play. If I was going to London on a trip and had other things planned, maybe this is one of the things that I planned, but it, I don't think it has an impact on me, maybe the same way it's having on other people. The fact that this is new canon, that it's potentially, uh, additional story and, and characters and material. Uh, I don't know. It, maybe because it's not being told through the same medium, it, it just doesn't have such a, a strong impact on me. We are going to continue with today's discussion of The Cursed Child in just a moment. But first, it's time to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 180,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. Audiobooks are great to listen to when you're out and about, maybe doing some chores, maybe walking the dog, maybe walking the class, whatever you're doing. When you listen to music, you could be listening to an audiobook and getting reading done a lot faster. For listeners of MuggleCast, Audible is offering you a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. And this week, I am going to recommend, once again, Career of Evil by Robert Galbraith slash J.K. Rowling. I am still listening to this book right now. I recently hit a point, a big point in the book. No spoilers, of course, but this thing that I hit is exactly why I love J.K. Rowling's Cormoran Strike series. She slowly drops little tidbits about the two lead characters into the series on a whole. And I just love where these characters are going. I love their backstories, as tragic as they may be. Wink, wink. So visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. You can hear this excellent book for yourself for free or any other book in J.K. Rowling's Cormoran Strike series audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast today for your free audiobook and thank you audible for your support of mugglecast so let's say jk rowling decides to release this as you know she says okay you guys come uh this august after the initial run of shows and all that we're going to film this and uh or we're going to put this in a book which one would you guys prefer book or let's say you go into a movie theater one of those fathom events where you watch a play like mm-hmm. live which would you guys prefer you know what i'm gonna actually say the filmed version of the play because because there is something about theater it's meant to be performed sure you can read it yes oh, you, of course you can read it put it on pottermore something like the stage directions yeah you could put it on pottermore but like does, does not do the the justice to the um the production value that this play is bound to have costuming and other things that will never show up in a book form, unless it's like a picture book, which they could do also. But uh, I would vote between <laughs> those Potter, two options. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the illustrated edition. The illustrated edition, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I, be, between those two options, I would definitely choose a, a filmed version, a live performance filmed. Mm-hmm. I would like that too, but I would also like to actually have a print copy of the play. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. I think it also it'd be better if it's in the theater because you can gather with fellow fans and watch it for the first time. I think that'd be a cool experience. And if they did that next year, that would be a really great way to rev up the fandom before Fantastic Beasts opens next November. You know, I, I have to say I was surprised by just how quickly and how enthusiastically these tickets have sold uh, today. You know, on short notice, this this play it is may is being billed as the eighth third part you know the eighth third part of story but it's not being written 
it's it hasn't been written by J.K. Rowling. Like it's it's authorized by her. Yeah. It's written by this other guy, and and they like each other. And that's the other thing. Been some interviews with the creative team, but uh, it's not technically written by J.K. Rowling. She co-wrote it. And oh, and did she? What were you gonna say about that point, Micah? Yeah, well, I agree in part with what Eric's getting at here, which is you you said that she co-wrote it, but you know, if it's not authentically hers and she's not the one fully behind the writing, I think that lessens the experience a little bit because yes, we saw some of this with her giving up, you know, the, the writing to Steve Clovez and mm. David Heyman and, and all the directors throughout the course of, of the Potter film. But you know, you want it to be from her and I know she's involved. I guess it just depends on the level of involvement. Like if you're going to sit down and you're, you're going to read the script as if it's a story and it, and it is sort of the eighth installment, you want to know that it, it's her pen to paper, that it wasn't really influenced by somebody who maybe has a little bit more experience in theater and in, in scripting plays. So uh, that's why, again, like this doesn't have the same level of impact for me that I see it having on a lot of other people. Uh, you know, in terms of it, hey, like we're finally going to get more on on what happened 19 years later. Well, again, I think, and and Micah, you kind of alluded to this, but I think that the media does matter, like the the type of media being used. The reason that she handed over writing to Steve Clovis is because she's not a movie person, and I think the same reason that she's probably handed over some responsibilities on this case is in or in this case is because she's not a playwright. So I don't I don't think that that necessarily means that the original concept has been molded by other people, but maybe that she's allowing other people to help guide her in the best way to, you know, do this performance. That's a fair point. And and I do think, though, that then people would probably want the initial product that she put together, the story that she wrote that maybe then this person is taking and turning into a play. Oh, I don't know that that on Pottermore. Yeah, that would be. I don't know that that exists though, because this whole process is collaboration. You know, it's, it's all about John Tiffany and Jack Thorne, the writer and the director meeting with JK Rowling. There was an interview with them actually. I'm reading these, these quotes that we've uh, selected in this article on MuggleNet right now, but it says, here's one from, uh, Thorne. Uh, Jack went away and came back with the, or sorry, this is from John Tiffany. Jack went away and came back with the first 40 pages. The big thing had happened. He'd written dialogue for Joe's characters, and they sounded like themselves. He'd brought them back. I can't tell you what it was like to see that. And then there's, this is a quote from Thorne. Sometimes I can't believe it, the idea that we have written the eighth story of Harry Potter. The whole time I felt this great responsibility of the previous seven stories. Theater is very different from film. We've had to find our own way into the phrase. We are starting to see it all come together in workshops now, and it's just wonderful. And I have no doubt that it's wonderful. I'm sure that it is. But it's an interesting medium in general. And I just, I, 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 before I could, I basically blinked and missed, you know, the opportunity to see this, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand just how and why it's so popular. Is it that phrase, I, the next guess, Harry Potter well, story? Well, that is certainly helping in a big way. But look, mm. I mean, J.K. Rowling was involved in this. She she yeah. did co-write it. So these things that happen are going to be considered canon for all intents and purposes. Well, do and you remember like the other day Star Wars tickets went on sale 
Yeah. Did everybody, and everybody like sat on ticket websites. Like mm-hmm. that hasn't happened yet with Fantastic Beasts. No. You know? And it won't. And Fantastic Beasts is coming sooner. Right. But that's, but that's a completely different set of characters. No, uh, wait, what? But that, that, that wait, film, wait, wait, that wait. film, I'm just comparing the two because that film was written by J.K. Rowling. So it's like, here, here you have this cursed child, oh, a theater thing that's located in one small geographical area. Uh, next year, across a year, and then you have this film that's coming out that she wrote. It's gotten everybody, you know, behind it, and it's it hasn't gotten near as much excitement. How does that work? Be- because because people care about the trio. People are dying to see what happened to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I mean, you know, I, I was the actually book settled that. In in light of all this, I, I recently did a search for like things that happened after Harry Potter ended or something like that. And I found this BuzzFeed article that recounts all the things that J.K. Rowling said about what happened to the characters. And it's been, I mean, you know, it's BuzzFeed, so everything gets big traffic. But it had been viewed over 5 million times. So people really cared to learn what happened after the, the final book. And I think people have always really had an interest in Albus Severus and, and the other kids since learning, uh, since reading the epilogue. Mm. So... So, yeah, yeah, I think that's why it's been so I want to correct myself real quickly. I made a huge mistake. It actually comes out, Fantastic Beasts comes out 18th November next year. I just yeah. made the mistake of saying it came out before Star Wars. Okay, so still, <laughs> yeah. if, they're, if, they're selling, if they're selling tickets uh, for a play well into 2017 already, where's that hubbub for Fantastic Beasts? Why is, why is Fantastic Beasts, which I find to be personally more exciting... Uh, not getting that because kind it's of, not uh, Potter response. directly. Well, well and that's I think why. also the cursed child is limited, right? Like Fantastic Beasts, you're going to be able to see in any theater anywhere around the oh, world. This be. place, there's only one place you can go, and there's a very limited amount of availability. And yeah. and they haven't started promoting Fantastic. Yeah, Beasts and I was going to say, let tickets go on sale, and and then we can have sort of a a basis of comparison for that. Yeah. But okay. Don't worry, Warner Brothers is going to hype it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Supply and demand. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I part of me, does anybody here think that maybe J.K. Rowling should have actually written this as a book? No. No. (laughs) No, I I will say this. I trust J.K. Rowling. Yeah. I trust her. She, like, I can't. I can't really think of one thing that she has done related to her stories in the entire time that we've been talking about them that has been bad. Except yeah. for the epilogue. <laughs> but, <laughs> like that epilogue. No wonder you're well, not excited for The Cursed Child. Yeah, I was No, say. I, I am very excited about it, and I, I totally trust her judgment. I think this is going to be something new and very cool for the fandom. But wait, what what's your, you like what's your problem the with the epilogue? Yeah. I just... I did, I, I didn't think it was the best piece of writing she's ever done. I mean, yeah, I guess. One one of the things, though, about that I think back to is knowing that at least the foundation for the epilogue was written pretty much at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, as she grew as a writer throughout the course of the seven books, if maybe, you know, that's just her being less mature as a writer and so it not fitting as well into the overall story maybe she refrained from edit like rewriting it towards the end of the process because she was so nostalgic for it i think she actually said that she didn't do very much editing on that 
Yeah. And if you think of, of the timing of it, right? The fact that it was written pretty much from the beginning. Right. You know, she was still writing Sorcerer's Stone back then. So I'm sure she, even she would say she evolved as a writer over the course of the years that she put this series together. Oh, so well, maybe that's why that doesn't people, fit as well. Yeah. Certain people have, have way other issues with the epilogue, though. They don't like that it paired everybody up. Uh, answered sort of, you know, relationship questions for, for shippers. They hate the epilogue for that reason. What? I'm, you know, oh, I'm that's a not little, my problem with it. I yeah, just, yeah. I'm a little, you know, ambiguous as to, as to why, uh, or ambivalent how I feel about it, but. What? But, real quick, could that epilogue ever have lived up to expectations? I mean, how do you end a series like that? Well, that's why, that's my excuse for the seventh book, why I don't like the seventh book. <laughs> it's like, oh, how could it you have? You don't like the seventh to, book? No, heavens no. But could it ever, Wait, could it ever have lived up? No, but up? I, I was with you when you read it. How did I miss this? And I was, I was like, was too busy crying. I was quiet in the corner. Like <laughs> the whole day, I remember this. <laughs> that little tiny hotel. Internal room. rage. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It was something, it's a general, I won't get into that, but I, I am, I, I like that there's new stories being told. I like the idea of Harry as a father. The, the one thing that didn't sit with me for the whole series too is, is Harry, as a, uh, the, it was sort of the hero's journey, the way that the hero, if he survives the, the tests, you know, is immortal or is, um, he has no future. He's never allowed to grow up or go past that moment. It's, you know, once the stories are over, they're over. Now seeing that character that JK Rowling wrote that we're so familiar with as a father dealing with different challenges, um, that excites me. That I'm genuinely interested in, in seeing because it's outside because of the time that has passed, uh, mm-hmm. between when he was, you know, at Hogwarts age Harry and when he is now. I will say though, part of these descriptions are making me think that there's, that we're going to start seeing some Death Eaters recurring or something mm-hmm. from the past, this evil that doesn't stay dead, whatever it was that yeah. the bio says really worries me that there will be you know, some stuff from the books that probably should just be left alone in the, in the yeah. books. Voldemort comes back. Well, I don't know I, about Voldemort, but I said this on a, the, the previous episode though, but just the fact that Albus could be cursed in the sense that he's Harry's child. Like I, I know that there could be, you know, uh, actual dark forces at work throughout the course of this play, but just, just the sense that, you know, knowing that, and I think it mentions this in the description that he has to live up to expectations. He has yeah, to live yeah. up to his, you know, his father and, and what his father was able to accomplish. Like that could in and of itself make him curse. So it can almost be a double meaning. But I, I like what Laura said earlier, just about the fact that it's continuing on Potter. It, it's making it still relevant here in 2015 and beyond. And, I think they could have a lot of fun with this. I, I think yeah. that you you could bring back so many actors to play different roles oh, that are still alive. None of them are coming back. Well, on the West End. I no, will say I, there's, I we're going to have like thirty more names to memorize because like, the yeah. like actor names. To, to I think keep it'll in be our... that's an interesting question, Micah. But I I don't think. I mean, we know Dan Radcliffe has has done everything in his power to distance himself from Harry Potter, so he's not coming back. Um, Rupert needs something to do. Rupert does have something to do. Poor Rupert. See, but wouldn't it be weird? I don't think they can cast anybody from the movies because then that one person sticks out. Yeah, I agree. 
you know, and, and the other fun side of this is that J.K. Rowling's probably going to drop a bunch of interesting tidbits in here. So, for example, we don't know Albus Severus's house. What if he's a Slytherin? He's totally mm. going to be a Slytherin. And, <laughs> and, and this could totally. be a chance, and I'm dead serious here, for J.K. Rowling to redeem Slytherins. No. Yes. Make him, make him a Hufflepuff. Redeem Hufflepuff. Okay, uh, redeem them both. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe he can have a friend in Hufflepuff. Yeah. Maybe he dates a Hufflepuff. That would be awesome. He'll be a Slytherin and he dates a Hufflepuff. Is- I, I'm sold. I'm I'm going to get scalper <laughs> tickets to see this. I'm- do, do you guys have any one question that you're hoping does get answered? In Ooh, this that's, a, that's a good question. That in and of itself is a good question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um. Yeah. Does Harry spend any of here's my question. Uh, does Harry spend any of his time since he works at the ministry in the room with the veil? Uh, trying to commune with Sirius, or has he made any efforts to figure out just what the heck happened in that room? Mm. I would like to know why she ended the epilogue with all is well, because clearly it's not. Clearly it's not. All was well for Harry. Mm. All was time. well until <laughs> so. 19 years later. <laughs> <laughs> she should have ended with Scar. I, Harry- I agree. Harry Potter and the Scar. So we asked on social media, what are your thoughts on this? We got some feedback. Uh, Mira writes, I'm a little frustrated that I won't be able to see it. I haven't yet heard anything about it coming to Broadway or going on tour. And even by that point, I feel like a lot of it will be spoiled online. I love theater, but I think the play is going to hit the fans differently since not everyone will be able to see it. So she has some feelings similar to ours. But I have to say, I, this definitely will be going to Broadway. This definitely will be touring. But like Mira brings up, wh- what are we going to do? Are we all people who aren't going to London? Are we going to wait? Mm. Or are we going to read spoilers online? I guess we'll do both, right? <laughs> I mean, m- more so than movies or books, this play will, there will be haves and have nots in the Harry Potter yeah. fans. It'll be divided for at least some period of time as is acceptable. I would actually not like it if it were, say, available in theaters that like within a month of its release on the West End, because that would cheapen the experience of being there in person and seeing it. There's still something special about it, but so there's some period of time that it makes sense to wait before releasing uh, the footage or the content of the play. Um, but I don't know exactly where that line should be drawn. I just think this is going to be a really interesting intersection of a, a community that is so easily riddled with spoilers. And then a community being the theater community where spoilers aren't really a thing. Mm. You know, like I, I go to Broadway shows here as frequently as I can, and you go up and you read the synopsis, and it gives you the basic overview, and you kind of go into it sort of knowing how it's going to end, mm-hmm. but but you're not really there for the ending, you're there for the show, right? You're there to enjoy the performance. Yeah. Well, Laura, I have to ask, did you end up seeing It's Only a Play? No. While that was on Broadway? Okay, because Ru- Rupert uh, was in that. Um, and it was, it was very funny. Okay. Um, but I, I happened to see that. Yeah. So there, there's, I've seen a lot of things with these people in it. I'm happy. I mean, I, I did miss, uh, Equus, but I got to see Dan on Broadway for how to succeed when that came. Um, and so I, I you know, I, I feel like I've, I've been doing a number of shows that I can be proud of, but I but think I will miss. I, than London. 
I will miss Curse Child, uh, most likely. Unless I, I want to see Albert Severus come out as gay. Maybe that's one of the dark things he's struggling a with. A gay Slytherin. A gay who's Slytherin. Dating a gay dating Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah. Never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> it's like Luna Lovegood's son or something. I don't know. In Hufflepuff. Who's, who's no, it's Draco Malfoy's son. <laughs> Draco oh, Malfoy would have a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Scorpius. Wasn't that his name? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, what was his name? Scorpius. Malfoy, Scorpius. I'm, I'm double checking. Is it? Did, yeah, was it a double did. name though? No, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> according to the Harry, double name off of that. I mean, like Albus Severus. Uh, according to the Harry yeah. Potter wiki, his name is Scorpius, Scorpius Hyperion Malfoy. <laughs> what is what is with this generation of wizards and the weird names? What's with any author and their weird names? I mean, like Stephanie Meyer this month with the gender swap Twilight. Oh my god! Don't I don't Edith even and. Uh, I, Bo I can't even Bo, Bo, address Bo, that. Beaufort. Oh, Beaufort. Oh, I didn't know that. You, yeah, short for, yeah, or long for Bo. How was that, by the way, not to get off topic? I haven't finished reading it. Oh, okay. I'm ex- and, I was excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear, um, I, this play is actually gender swap Harry Potter. That's the, that's the twist to get everybody in. Ah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'm going to change, or no, I won't change my question, but I'm really excited to see Harry and Ginny as parents, mostly for Ginny. Um, I hope Ginny's a part of this show. Yeah, I bet and she will be. I hope she's a big part of this show. Yeah, and I'm just imagining going to this surrounded by Harry Potter fans. And, you know, for myself, being at one of the first shows, we're all going to be learning. A presume There are going to be some May preview shows. There's going to be four, and I don't know yeah. who those are going to be for yet. Probably VIPs and whatnot. But I, I think um, being at the first fan quote-unquote fan shows will be really exciting it'll feel like being at a harry potter conference or a book release something very special you're right you're 100 right yeah so uh if anybody wants to buy my ticket i'll sell it to you for a thousand (laughs) dollars for just part one oh ten thousand dollars can you do that yeah they're separate tickets oh man that's the other thing it's like not only are is J.K. Rowling dragging us out to London to see this, but it's also two shows. You know, and, and in fairness, the tickets are pretty cheap. Um, but still, it's like two parts, epic nature of the story, the story. And there's an over. intermission in each part? Probably. If they're Good two separate grief. days. There's actually, there are some days where you can see both parts in one day, but that, that doesn't seem. So I, I'm seeing it June 7th. And then I'll have a day to recover on June 8th and, like, theorize and speculate about what's going to happen. And then June 9th will be part two. That'll be fun. What if, like, Harry dies or something? I I don't. Do you think she'll know. kill any characters in this? She should. Um, she, oh, you almost said she should. I was <laughs> It's not controversial <laughs> enough if she doesn't kill somebody. Yeah, that's true. It's, this it's, is not it's not around. Harry Potter if, she, if somebody, after book four, if somebody doesn't die. What if Scorpius dies? Oh. He died of a bad name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we wanted to make this short. Anything else you guys wanted to say? Uh, No, we're good. I I am genuinely, like, I'm I'm really excited that this is something that's happening. Like I said on the last episode, that J.K. Rowling is continually uh, being... 
uh, intrigued by these various options that she continues to roll out, you know, creative things that have to do in this world. Great. You know, I, I, I feel really happy about that, that, that JK Rowling is not completely ignoring the mass appeal of, of Harry Potter fans. And there's a commercial aspect to it, but I don't think that's what this is all about. And I don't think that's what Fantastic Beasts is all about. I mean, something about this story, when these, when this writer and this director approached JK Rowling, something about the story clicked, just like when Warner Brothers, uh, approached her about Fantastic Beasts. Something clicked. And she has said yes. And I think I'm along the lines of what Laura said. Um, you know, going to be trusting of, of JK Rowling, trusting that the quality is there. So yeah. I am excited for this to be unleashed upon the world. I look forward to reading everybody's response to it. Yeah. It, it's, it's an exciting time in fandom, I think. And I, I just, you know, this has been an exciting month for Harry Potter fans. Oh, heck yes. Illustrated edition and this and the, the JK Rowling's book. New, new Corman Strike book. So yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for this play. I, I think it's going to be, uh, very fun to talk about and very fun to experience. So, uh, Laura, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Laura and I are at millennialshow.com doing the weekly podcast. Eric and Micah are at gameofowns.com. Mm. And, uh, we'll see everybody sometime in November for more. I, I think we should do a deeper talk on what J.K. Rowling should do in this play. Like, what can she give us? Uh, like, redeeming Slytherins, you know, things like that. Like, yeah. what, what well, yeah, can like she I, straighten out? Like I said, re- uh, redeeming Ginny, definitely. Because we'll even really in the books... we really have to start theorizing. Oh, yeah, Ginny. Because I really did not like Bonnie Wright's portrayal as Ginny. Well, no, it's not just the movies. In the books, the best yeah. days of Harry's life during year six are spent off screen. You don't, you don't read about it. It's like Harry talks about, oh, all these wonderful sunny, sunny days alongside the, the lake by the giant squid by that tree, under that tree. And you're just like, okay, this is a POV book of Harry and we didn't see that happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, for time or whatever. So J.K. Rowling robbed the Ginny Harry thing, even in the books. And I want to see some very uh, intense, uh, dynamic relationship that really hooks to me. That's what I'm most looking forward to now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, li- for listening. We'll see you next week for ep- – or next month, sorry. Episode two. <laughs> you never know. 85. You yep. never know. You never know. Coming soon, Harry Potter 9. You'll have to go to the moon <laughs> to see it. <laughs> see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.